psychologists from Cornell University discovered in a series of eight studies that people get more enduring happiness from spending money on experiences rather than possessions. I'm Joe. That guy over there is Kurt. And this is episode five of Dudes in Progress. Hey, Kurt. Hey, Joe. What's shaking, my friend? What do you know? Episode five. That's what I know. (laughs) Heck yeah. Heck yeah. This is a bare bones, minimal episode right here. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) but the essentials. (laughs) Nothing but what we absolutely need. (laughs) Sounds appropriate for a topic on minimalism. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I had a full day. How about you? I've had more than a full day, man. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, I tell you what, maybe in the after show, we'll talk about what kind of days we're having and what kind of, uh, what kind of things we're going through in our, in our own personal life. In fact, if you want to be a part of that after show and you want to experience that, uh, head over to dudesinprogress.com slash support, join our Patreon group, and you will have access to those after show episodes. How about that, Kurt? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Hey, do me a favor. I got a little little test for you. Okay. Rate yourself on a scale from one to ten. One, you're a complete hoarder, deserving of your own reality show. <laughs> and ten, you own only those things that you absolutely need for survival. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is a tough question, especially when I'm, you're chilling. I'm tempted to say no sixes or fours, too, <laughs> but I don't know. It's your answer. Do whatever you want. You're influencing my answer. It's me saying this, not someone else judging me. No, I'm, I'm judging. S- uh, you'll judge me? <laughs> if you look at my office, you're going to say, <laughs> I'm a hoarder, if that's the one. But I'm going to say... I'm going to say a six because I have been paying a little bit of attention to this of lately. This topic you've inspired me in over our conversations through meetups. I'm not as bad as my wife. I got to, I got to train her. The closets are horrendous in my house. The garage she would say is horrible. Although I've been, been working on the garage. I could do some more there. I built, you know how much I like to work with wood, right? I even got into building things out of re, reused wood or pallets. Yeah, yeah, repurposing pallets. Yeah, yeah. And I, I built some storage in my garage and started organizing a little bit. But then my my daughter moved her car. She moved out of the house, took her car. Now that half where the garage is is starting to get filled up a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm really excited about this topic. I think we're gonna do this for an entire month. We decided. Yeah, we're gonna uh, let, let's call it let's call it a multi-part series because mm. it may only take three to get to say what we want to say. It may take four. It may take heck. It may take more than four. But yeah, today we're going to start a multi-part series on minimalism. Any of you folks that know me, Kurt, I know that of course you know me. Minimalism and the minimalism process is something really near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's an ongoing journey for me. It's a personal journey. One thing that I've, I've found is you can't be a minimalist for somebody else and you can't force 
minimalism on anybody else. It has to be your own personal philosophy, your own personal process. Uh, and that's what it is for me. Uh, my wife and I, we kind of have that battle, honestly, about, uh, about getting rid of stuff. Uh, I lean towards wanting to throw everything away. Uh, she leaned towards, let's just put it in the drawer. Maybe we'll need it 10 years from now. You know, uh, I, I'm, if somebody would, would look at my house and my, if somebody were to, were to look at my office at work, they would say, yeah, you're, you're very tidy. If somebody would look at my home, they probably wouldn't take me for me personally for a minimalist, uh, because I don't. I don't live by myself. I have to, there's some, there's a balance there between, you know, my wife's needs and desires and, and my own needs and desires. We have to, we have to respect that. But if I were to answer that question to myself, uh, one, I'm a complete hoarder deserving of my own reality show and 10, I only own those things that I absolutely need for survival. I would say I'm a, believe it or not, I would say I'm, I'm probably a, a seven, maybe a six and a half. Uh, there's just a long way to go for me. There's a long way mm-hmm. to go for me, but I, I like this idea of minimizing my life and minimizing every part of my life from the stuff that I own to, uh, minimizing my activities, minimizing my food, minimizing my clothes and my wardrobe, minimizing the digital part of my life, even minimizing, if you can, emotions and uh, minimizing your kind of this, just this, the thoughts that are in your mind. I know this is a, a little weird and how do you minimize those things, but, uh, just keeping, keeping things very simple, I guess is my whole goal in life. Just keeping things very simple. I eat the same thing every single day, <laughs> almost. Uh, I eat chicken and broccoli every single day, probably. I would say 85% of the lunches that I eat are chicken and broccoli. Mm. And I do that purposefully because I, when I, I don't have to decide what I want for lunch. I don't have to take out, take energy and creativity to decide what I, what I want for lunch. So just one of those, one of those small things that I do to minimize my life. I have this saying that, that I say a lot. And that saying is memories are better than stuff. Uh. And what I mean by that is if I want to, if I'm going to spend my time, my money, my emotions, all of those things, my energy, all of those things are better spent as a currency, right? Mm -hmm. As a currency are better spent on, for me, on making memories because memories will last for generations, right? Mm. When we were talking about this episode, Joe, we got into a little bit of an argument over the weekend on this topic. And you're, I think we you're did. starting to make my point here. Cause when I think of minimalism, I'm thinking about maybe it's, I'm being influenced by the book I'm reading right now. It's called Things That Matter from mm-hmm. Joshua Becker. That I think you knew who he was. He's a very, sure. very well known minimalist. Yep. Thought leader in this space. Yep. You started the conversation out talking about getting rid of stuff. To me, I've been thinking minimalism to me is more about focusing on the things that matter. Mm -hmm. So if you were to ask me that question, I think I'm pretty good at that. It's something I'm definitely, I can give you lots of 
examples where I have definitely thought about what things mattered to me and, and to focus on those things as often as I possibly can. So here's our here's our debate. And Kurt and I are going to have a little bit of a moment here. Here's our debate, our argument, I guess you would say, is yes, you're right. It's it's about establishing values. It's establishing what you value in life and and setting up your life around those things and only those things, right? And kind of getting rid of everything else that doesn't support those values. Is that what is that what you're saying, Kurt? But you're putting it more in terms of things. Why? When I say things, I almost I also almost mean that generically. Okay. Whatever it might be, things, activities, emotions, whatever whatever things are. Those are, that's what I mean by when I say things. My argument is my cluttered closet doesn't get in any way in the way of me focusing on things that I want to do with my life. Right. That's my, I just ignore that clutter in the closet. (laughs) Walk over that stuff in my garage. Right. On my way to doing the things I want to do. I get it. So for some, now minimalism isn't a, a full on prescription for a happier life or minimalism may not be for you. If you're not bothered by the things in your life and, and you don't think it hinders you, then God bless you for it. But I'll bet you if you did take time to clear the clutter and whatever quote unquote clutter is, it could be physical clutter. It could be emotional clutter. It could be time clutter. It could be a, a cluttered schedule. If you take time to clear the clutter in your life, the things that you value in life would be more pronounced, more enjoyable, more focused. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes more sense to me. I think when we were having this argument, I was thinking more, you're taking a stance on cleaning up the house. No, not, not <laughs> physically. Cleaning up the house is a good, is an easy place to start. Yeah. yeah cleaning up the house habit. is an easy place to start, to start building that. Uh, what I am saying is cleaning your bedroom and, and clearing out the clutter, cleaning out that physical clutter can clear the way to clearing out your own thoughts or your own emotions. I don't know that I'm there yet. Yeah. I I know where you're going. I know where you're going. You know what I'm thinking is we're having this conversation. If you want to follow what you most care about, follow the money. (laughs) And if you're filling up your, that's a whole, that's a whole conversation on budgeting, which we'll do. Okay. (laughs) Well, no, I was thinking if you're spending money on, I don't know that I have clothes. I don't, I really don't have a big budget, but if, if you're stuffing your room and you're just like getting to that hoarding space, I mean, how many clothes can you really wear? <laughs> I mean, I guess we're dudes. Maybe that's yeah. a bad analogy. Yeah. No, I, I guess my point is if you take the time to declutter your life and it could be stuff, it could be your schedule. It could be many things, whatever, what declutter means. And we'll, this will, we will massage this subject and put together some strategies and come to a, a, a place where we can move forward. Uh, this is, this is kind of an open ended conversation about minimalism and the concept of minimalism and what it means. 
there's a misconception about about minimalism, Kurt. And when people think about minimalism, they, they may think about a a monk like, empty, boring, sterile life. It can be that if you decide to go in that direction. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is is clearing away all but the most essential things. Not right now, but a process of it. All but the most essential things to make room, to make room in your mind, in your life, in your home, uh, in your schedule, whatever it might be, to make room for those things that give us the most joy, clearing away the distractions so we can really, in our life, create something incredible. Clear away the obligations so we can spend time with the people who who we love and the people who love us. Clear away all the noise so we can concentrate on certain inner peace or spirituality, your faith, whatever you, whatever you might want to call that. However, what what we whatever we're thinking about, clearing our minds as a result of of this clearing away, this minimizing our lives. When I do it, I experience more happiness, more peace, more joy, because I've made room for the things that are important to me in my life. I've made room for those things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, sometimes, Kurt, and I think that this might be where another point of a bit of contention, sometimes we don't know the things that we value in life until we declutter our lives and we get rid of those things that we know we don't value, or we take stock of our life to say, is this something? And whatever this is, is this something that brings me joy? Is my, this, if I look at my schedule or the things that I'm doing in my schedule, either something that bring me joy currently or will bring me joy. Cause we all have to do those things. We don't really want to do sometimes, but I, I, I venture to, I would venture to say that a lot of the stuff that we do, that we say we have to do, we don't really have to do. Yeah, I, if it's I if agree. it's not bringing us joy, or really is a is part of the process of bringing us joy, get rid of it. Yeah, I think I've been good with that. You gave a great example of getting off the the board at your condo association. So I I've totally I've been really good about that as of several years. And I was thinking of when you were talking about making a decision. I don't know. You, you kind of started down the road where I'm not buying it. I don't need to get rid of things to know what's important to me. Like I've had many thoughts. I analyze a lot of things. Maybe I'd like to get a fishing boat, a little bass boat. Cause I like going fishing, but what are the chances that boat's going to be sitting out in the yard doing nothing? <laughs> and maybe I got to winterize it. I was looking at boats driving up, through Connecticut recently, and they're all winterized. I mean, they had, they had put a lot of effort into that. How many of these people are really using those boats as much as they really need, or a camper? I mean, I'd love to go camping, but will I really use it enough to make it something I need to maintain? I, I've come to that conclusion. No, let's <laughs> use that as let's use that as a perfect example about about the minimalist lifestyle. Some people will say, man, I, I really like the idea of going out on a boat and sitting out there on the lake and maybe fishing or just, just jumping the waves or getting out there in the middle of the lake and swimming in, swimming in the middle of the lake 
or just going fast, man, with the wind through your hair and, and the freedom of being on a boat. Man, that sounds cool, doesn't it, Kurt? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It does, it's, man. It's it fun. Does. We, we want that experience. But can we get that experience by, instead of spending $20,000 for a boat, paying 500 and I'm making these numbers up. I don't know because I don't own a boat. Paying a few hundred dollars a month for storage, cleaning the boat every twice a season, and going through all of that just for that one experience, aren't we better off just taking a few hundred bucks <laughs> and renting a boat for the day? Right. I, that's that's where and not owning a boat and not yeah. not cluttering our lives with that mess when we really want that little bit of joy that the Absolutely. that the boat will bring that one that one time or twice a year or or several maybe maybe it's three or four times a year i don't care how many times it is i most people will not use that boat now we all say oh i'm going to use it all the time i'm going to use it every weekend i'm going to get yeah. out there and we're that's going to be our life you know yeah. we're going to do this instead of vacation but <laughs> that doesn't happen the truth is that doesn't happen well, many times that's that's uh, yeah i totally agree with that hey i have a definition of minimalism from the book I'm going to go through the first chapter of Things That Matter from Joshua Becker. He says, I define minimalism as the intention, the intentional promotion of the things we most value by removing anything that distracts us from them, which is your point. Mm -hmm. It isn't negative. It isn't positive. It isn't primarily about decluttering or organizing. It's about creating freedom. Because when we own fewer possessions, we liberate precious energy, time, and focus that we can direct towards more meaningful pursuits. Right. That'll preach right there, brother. All right. <laughs> you know, I I I uh, I started to talk about this this quote that I love, this thing that I say: memories are better than stuff. Uh, because, and I I want you to, uh, if you would, I want you to expand a bit on the Joshua Becker book is he is one of the thought leaders in the middle millist community. Yeah. I think he's got many other books. This has just happened to be the one I picked up and started reading. So let's explore, let's explore that book and, and, and what you've, what your takeaways are so far from Joshua Becker's book. Yeah. So I put down a couple of quotes starting from the first chapter, cause he's laying out what the book is going to be about. And, you know, you've probably heard this many times. I think he talks about a study, first of all, of a woman who works with people in their older ages, you know, in their 80s, getting towards the end. And what do you think their biggest regret is, Joe? Spending too much time at work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're just like wasting time, right? Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't achieve the things that they really probably now looking back, they probably should have. So he says, close your eyes and answer this question. If you were to die today, what is the one project you would be most disappointed that you weren't able to complete? Do you know that answer for yourself yet, Kurt? <laughs> the way he says it, the one project that would be the most disappointing. No, I don't think I have. I mean, just read this book last month. So a great reason to be doing this podcast is, is really to dig into some of these questions you don't have to come up with the answer right away. I mean, what it is today might be something different tomorrow. He gives some ideas down farther, which I really agree with in terms of serving others. He talks a little bit about that. I think I've made some 
strides in these things in terms of projects. You know, I started my podcast all about Disney World. That was a minimalist decision that I was going to put a lot of effort into vacationing mm-hmm. and talking about that vacation and that it would be at Disney World. That was all. I put off doing some work on my house kind of thing to focus in that area. This this whole thing about serving serving others, I think, is is an area that I would like to get into a little deeper, if you want to call it one project. There could be others. There could be several in that space. If I were to think about what right now, I'm just I'm gonna talk about right now in my life. I would want the people my big project in life would be the people that I love and the people who love me for me to have made a significant contribution to their life. You just, you know, that was perfect. You haven't even read this book. Have you Joe? Not yet. Like, and, I- and I would make, I would want that to be done in such a way. This may be a little, I hope this doesn't sound egotistical because it's not, but I would, I would want that to be in such a way that they talk about it when you're gone for generations. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you're you're hitting on something that he brings up in this first chapter for sure. He says the theme of the book is not how to be happy. He believes living a, a life aligned with your values, your passions is the quickest way to happiness in both the short term and long term. But he's also talking about serving your your friends and family in little ways. They don't have to be this massive change the world kind of big project things. Kind of the spirit that you just spoke to, I believe, Joe. You know, that reminds me of a story that I heard. Maybe it's a parable that I heard years ago. This, can you mind if I take a, take a aside and tell this a little bit? Tell this yeah, little parable. I love stories. There was this, and it's, it is about, it is about focus and it is about simple actions. Okay. There was this man walking along the beach. And in the distance, he saw a man doing something very strange. This man was bending over, throwing something into the ocean. And he gets closer. He's bending over, throwing something into the ocean over and over again to the point where it starts to kind of frustrate this guy watching this man do this. Eventually, he gets close enough to yell out to him. What did you, what are you doing? I've seen you hundreds of times just bend over and throw something into the ocean. It seems like a meaningless task. And he gets closer to the man and he sees that the man is bending over and throwing small starfish into the ocean. Hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of starfish have, have washed up into the ocean. And the the guy bends over again, picks a starfish up, and throws it into the ocean. And he says, dude, there are thousands of these starfish. You're not making an impact at all. Go enjoy your day, man. <laughs> You're not making an impact at all. And he picks up a starfish, shows it to the man, throws it into the ocean, and says, I made an impact on that one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I kind of knew what the ending was going to be there for sure. How yeah. true is that, man? That's a great, 
Great parable for sure. Yeah. Of course, Christmas has just come and gone. The great movie. It's Jimmy a wonderful Stewart. life. It's a wonderful life. There you come go. Come on. I'm sorry. It's a wonderful life. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> that movie back from when was that created? It's, I don't know. 1844. So, it's got such an impact on me. Here's, here's the quote I was looking at that Joshua talks about. You may never lead thousands or cure cancer or start a nonprofit, but make no mistake, there is a good that you are designed to bring into this world that only you can accomplish. There are people in your life whom you can serve and love better than anyone else can. Just read that sentence again. There are people in your life whom you can serve and love better than anyone else can. You know, Joe, I'll tell you, I mean, a story. Did I even tell this on this podcast? I don't know. We just, we had a, I don't know where I talked, maybe talking to my old, my, my Disney podcast, but you'd think a, a podcast about going on vacation to Disney World, I mean, what impact could that possibly have in people's lives? I had no idea when I started. It's kind of the fun thing about podcasting. I don't know who we're going to impact with this podcast. I think the topics that we cover, I can surely tell you we can have an impact with people matter of fact we already are i can we're already getting people emailing us and joining our facebook group and commenting and encouraging them i mean i've had people say to me your podcast made such a huge impact when i was in the hospital and having a real rough time and i shared it with my the nurse and just put a huge smile on my face. That was one of the first emails I got back from somebody. And I was like, wow. Now, these people are really passionate about Disney World. So there's, you know, a common interest there. I had someone just last week say our first meetup, our live meetup, changed their life. <laughs> Listen to that again. That's amazing. I'm like, now, this person has said this to me in other settings and wrote it in Facebook when the event happened. And I know the context of it all and things that have happened because she is a podcaster too and has made hundreds of friends that she talks to every single hour of every single day that just brings complete joy to, in her life. You know, and you mentioned our kids or whatever, all those moments. You just can't run away and not go to the Little League game and go off working. <laughs> There's just so many ways that you can serve and impact people that you you got to sit back and think about what you're doing. And if you're consumed with stuff, if you have to work so much that to pay for the things that you have, to pay for your credit card bills and your car payments and the stuff that you have, your boat, right? You're, you're a huge home and you have to spend all your time and energy working to pay for that stuff. That's not in my mind. And in my opinion, that's not valuing the most important things in life. When you have to work 80 hours a week or 60 hours a week or heck 50 hours a week yeah, to pay for the things, those things that aren't really going to make a lick of difference really in anyone's life. That was the one thing I stressed about the most as my kids were growing up, the stress, you know, losing my job, maybe having to move out of state 
to stay in the profession I was in was a real threat. That was the thing that kept me up at nights. I didn't want to uplift them. Yeah, I didn't want to disrupt their lives. I wanted them to live near their grandparents, live where the family was, stay in the same school they were in. And I didn't want to work late into the evening. And I it was a huge priority for me to go to all their school events. And I coached all of their sports teams, sometimes three in a season for all three of my kids. So I think I did a pretty good job. And my mom was always really good at saying to me, the word, I just remember her telling me balance, just keep a healthy balance. You can work hard, but you can, you can have fun too. You don't have to kill yourself working and, and forget your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And minimalism, again, it's, it's, it's all about, okay, I'm going to give you this, Kurt. If you are clear on your values, then minimalism is about making room in your life for those values. Yeah. If you're unclear on your values, minimalism about is about getting rid of the things in your life and un, until you're the values, the things that are important to you unfold. I, I do believe, and this is kind of where Kurt and I have a, have a little bit of a disagreement. I, I don't think we're as far off as, as we might think, but I do believe that the act of minimizing your life, clearing the clutter, your calendar clutter, your physical clutter, your emotional clutter, whatever that might, that might be. Physical clutter is the easiest thing because that, that's something tangible that we can work on immediately. The act of doing that can clear the way can clear your mind to uncover those things that are most important to you. And you may find that the things that you thought were important to you, the things that you thought you valued, you don't really value that much when you've, when you've cleared the way for the things that are truly valuable to you are exposed. So that's our introduction to minimalism. And we're going to take our time on this subject. We, Kurt and I kind of had an open-ended conversation about minimalism and what it means to us. Uh, I think throughout, throughout the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some strategies, uh, to minimize your life. Why, why it's important to go through a process of minimizing your life and what, what we think it will bring to our lives. And we'll put together, I think, over the, maybe next week or the week after, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing next week, we're going to introduce a new 30-day challenge or a four-week challenge or a 28-day challenge, whatever the challenge is, to minimize your life in some small way and see what happens. So, Joe, I'll continue to give some pointers, tips from this book and what Joshua finishes up in this chapter to tell you what the rest of the book really is after he's kind of defined why making things that matter is really important, but you know what the problem is? You know, why aren't we focusing on the things that really matter? And the word is distractions, mm -hmm. the things that get in the way. So he goes into the rest of the chapters are all about those distractions and dealing with those kinds of things. That's the enemy, he says, and know your enemy. So those are some of the things I'll bring from this uh, book I've, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, clearing away the distraction. I think I said that kind of in my my own introduction to minimalism. It's clearing away the distraction so we can create 
something incredible in our life. So we can focus on the things that are most important to us. And I'm a distracted dude, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm a distracted guy. I'm, I'm very easily distracted. So that's, that's our little introduction to minimalism. Hey, I, I do want to say something. First of all, do you have anything else? Uh, do you have anything else on minimalism, Kurt? No, that's where I'm going to leave it. So we have a winner. Yeah. We have a winner of our Atomic Habits book. And that winner is. Mr. Glenn Kessler. Congratulations, Thank you, Glenn. Glenn. Thanks yes. for emailing yes, us. Congratulations, Glenn. Thanks for reaching out to us. Thanks to everybody who reached out to us and shared the habit that they wanted to establish and the habit that they wanted to eliminate. Glenn's a great friend of mine. Met him through my geekin' podcast on Disney World, and he FaceTimed me late Saturday night from New York City. Wow. Talking about, we were talking about reaching out to friends and relationships. That's awesome. He was in an Uber. I was laying in bed, and I got a FaceTime chatting with Glenn. And That's that awesome. That's sent me awesome. some videos and stuff. He was with some other of our friends, you know, Samantha. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Rebecca, but they were in New York City this weekend. So That's awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So congratulations to Glenn. You're, you're awesome, dude. He is awesome. So he wants to establish a daily weightlifting habit. And he wants to stop his habit of sitting and watching TV on the couch to end the night. Uh, Glenn and I are kindred spirits here on that on the one on that one that we want to get rid of. Uh, there's been times that I just sit there mindlessly in front of the TV in the evening, hours in the evening, two three hours at night. Sometimes I would love to get to the point where I'm just watching a few shows a week, right? Right. Just a few shows a week. And using that time for create creative endeavors, using that time to spend uh, to spend moments with the people who love me and the people who I love, and uh, spending that time doing things that matter, not just mindless TV watching. I I I, I do want to say this: there's nothing wrong with television. There's nothing wrong with television. I think it I think it it serves a purpose of distraction. If we want to be intentionally distracted, entertainment, relaxation, a stress reliever, I think it can serve all those purposes. And when it's used intentionally, not just mindlessly sitting there in front of the TV, letting it take over your, letting it take over your mind. Anyway, congratulations, Glenn. Thank you for, thank you so much for reaching out to us. Uh, Glenn, Glenn did that through our email, dudes at dudesinprogress.com. Uh, we're going to have, uh, many of these contests as we, as we move forward, just to, um, say thank you to our listeners and thank you to everybody that reached out and shared their, their daily habit goals. Uh, the one that they wanted to get rid of and the one they wanted to establish. Uh, but Glenn, you are the winner. We'll get in touch with you and uh, send out, uh, send out a book, book, an ebook or, uh, or an audio book. However you want to read this book. And it's the atom- book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Glenn is a great inspiration in a lot of ways to me. Joe, he's a fantastic artist and businessman. He's got a great business teaching adults how to paint three-year program and i learned a lot about glenn over the last few years and he did a weight loss challenge i think a couple years now he lost a bunch of weight and has kept it off so i'm not 
surprise, and I'm sure he's going to get that little weightlifting habit on going. And I don't know, are we ready to talk about our 30 day challenge win for the week? Yeah. Before, before we do that, what's going on on our Facebook community? Yeah, we, we did get some folks following us on the 30 day challenge. Good friend of mine, Holly Fitch talking about losing 12 pounds over the last six weeks. She probably got started a little earlier. was already doing this before we even started our podcast, but she's had a knee injury. So get better, Holly. It's it's hard when you can't get up and move. I know, but I know you can do it. You know, we've often heard exercise is great for the mind, and it's good. It's good to do anyway. It's good for your health, but that always helps getting all the weight off. But I know it's a big part of my challenge for sure. I got another good friend from long ago who I used to go to conferences with. Tom Duff found the podcast. Has been very active in our Facebook group. He got a head start way before, too. 26 pounds down. That's fantastic, Tom. He's on Outstanding, a, Tom. Nice job. I've been following his honeymoon. He's in Europe traveling with his newlywed. Probably, you know, when you lose 26 pounds, Joe, you know it. You can you can run around Europe 26 pounds. You ever hold like 25 pounds of weights in your hands and go, I can't believe I was carrying this weight around on, right. on my bones? Yep. And then Chrissy Dittman... Down 14 pounds this month. Nice Fan. job, Chrissy. She was sick too. Yeah. Illnesses are, can make it hard to stay on track for sure. You, you get away from the, again, the activity. It's hard. Joe had that starting off the year too. <laughs> but yeah, how are you doing with your 30 day challenge, Joe? I am nine pounds down. Fantastic. Right now I'm nine pounds down and I'm, I'm getting in 5,000, an average 5,000 steps. A day. Uh, I, I struggled with getting my steps in, but I'm averaging 5,000 steps a day now. And yeah, I'm pretty happy with the direction. Direction's more important than position. Certainly heading in the right direction. And this 30 day challenge was, was an important part of. Part Did you of feel that. it was a good thing to do? I think for me, I feel feeling this. The 30 days is essentially up, like as we're recording this today. Right. I am motivated more than ever to keep going. I, I just assume we keep this conversation. We don't have to call it a 30 day challenge, but keep people updated how we're doing with our weight loss. I've been, I'm down 11 pounds and uh, I've been doing, I was really proud to do my 7,000 steps every single day of this month. I was outstanding concerned in January getting outside. It's actually been kind of a mild January here in Connecticut. We've had like no snow, but we've had rain. It's not always comfortable to go out in the cold and rain, but I got it done. I did some crazy stuff like walk around my house for 2,000 steps, <laughs> pacing back and forth just to, some days to get that out of there. Today, I was at work, and in the office, I can get up inside. I've got a lot of space inside, and I got, I think I'm close to 10,000 today, but yeah, I am right over 10,000, so I'm nice really job. pleased with the progress we did there. Great, great job. How about a win for the week, Joe? So, I hired... And am training a virtual assistant in my main income producing job, uh, to handle the bulk of the administrative tasks. Uh, we, I hired her and we are in the, I'm in the process of training her to do some in, in administrative tasks that number one, I don't like. Number two, I'm not very good at. And number three, they are, they like and they're good at. Yeah. So that will free up my time 
and my energy and my resources to concentrate on revenue producing activities, mm. uh, for, for my work. So I'm That's pretty great pleased. Thing. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased about that, that, uh, I'm able to delegate those tasks and there's, there's a certain fear in delegating things that you know how to do, even though you may not be very good at them and you know, will get done. And turning those activities, those very important activities, I mean, we're talking about very, very important activities, and turning those activities over to somebody else. And wow, it has been just in the past few days uh, that this training has taken place, and and I have unloaded some of those tasks onto the virtual assistant. Uh, it has been it's been uh, a significant change in my focus at work. Like I said, I'm able to now focus. And when this is all said and done, I'll be able to focus my time and my energies on revenue producing activities, which is my job. And it's what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Remember how, our how friend Clay? For the week? Yeah. I'm sorry. I just want to say, remember our friend Clay talked about a book by Dan Sullivan, Who Not How. Who can do this better than me? And there's no reason I should be doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I went for the week. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's funny. We were laughing before we started recording. We're both going back to the day job on this one, but I completed a long time project. There's one of these projects where you, you want to get it done. You keep doing things manually over and over again, but you know, you can automate this process like in a significant way, but you never seem to get the time. I needed the time of another one of my coworkers to work on this for lots of reasons, but we both worked on it and it was creating websites automatically. I, I built a blogging platform at work and I've been doing a lot of it in terms of setting up those websites manually. And now the request comes in I approve them, and within five minutes, that site is up, and an email is sent to the person who requested it that their new blog site is up. And talk about night and day, something that I would spend – I always told them I would I would do these batches on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and a lot of times I didn't even do that. <laughs> like I'd, I'd fall – something would get in the way, and I wouldn't even be able to do that. And so now to have that process entirely automated – in the technology is fantastic. I'm loving it. That's awesome. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. That is a win. That certainly is a win. How about, uh, how about your resource for the week, Kurt? Well, it's quite obvious. It's the book things that matter from Joshua Becker. So we'll put a, a link to that out on Amazon. If you get interested as in I'm talking about it, talking about the minimalism, but definitely focusing on making sure you're, Working on things that matter and that those distractions, like I just mentioned one that got in my way, there was many mis- distractions that got in my way to not finish that automation. Yeah. We'll talk about strategies to, to beat those distractions, especially knowing that they are distractions. <laughs> I'm a fan of a couple of guys. Uh, Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus, who call themselves the minimalists. And they have a great podcast over at theminimalists.com. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, like our show is, but they have a great, they have a great podcast where they talk about minimalism. They talk about 
uh, strategies of minimalism, why minimal, minimalism is important. And they have guests on every week that talk about just doing what you value in life and getting rid of all the, the distractions away from that. So I really appreciate those guys. So my resource is their podcast, the minimalist podcast that you can find them at the minimalists.com. Uh, that's the minimalists.com. And I think you'll really enjoy their podcast. I enjoy it so much that I am a, I'm a subscriber, subscriber to their Patreon account and I get some, some bonus material from them, an extra podcast every week. Uh, an extra podcast session. And I really enjoyed those guys, the minimalist at the minimalists.com. Let's wrap up with a quote with our, with our quote for the day. Kurt, what is your quote for the day? Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. That comes from the book we were talking about during our habits conversation. James Clear's atomic habits. I think it fits in really well with minimalism too we're going to eventually build a statue to james clear (laughs) (laughs) because we we reference him a lot and rightfully so it's a atomic habits is a it's an excellent book yeah i think you just got to be doing if you want to be somebody if he talks about hey you want you want to create a great painting you want to be a painter well go paint (laughs) paint every day you want to be a writer right every day if you want to be a podcaster, work on that podcast every single day. You know, you want to be a thought leader. <laughs> do those do those things that thought leaders do, but do them every single day. Even as small as what I mean, some days you might not get a lot of time in. If you could put 30 minutes into something every single day, I think that's important. And you'll become that person if you do it every day. I read that Jerry Seinfeld, one of you know, my generations and many generations great comedians, uh, uh, widely considered one of the best comedians of all time. He has a habit of writing a joke a day, every single day. It may not be good. It may be great, but he writes a joke every single day to keep that, that muscle going every day. Isn't that cool? I I love it. I love this whole idea. And it's something I think this is something that I want to bring to the podcast we will build some, we did this 30 day challenge, but actually have an action that you could take every day. And I think that could be a great thing we could do for the minimalist 30 day challenge. Yeah. We'll think about that 30 day challenge over the next week and introduce something next on next week's show. And if you have an idea about a 30 day challenge for minimalism, let us know, send us an email dudes at dudesinprogress.com. Dudes at dudesinprogress.com. We would love to hear from you. I'm kind of cheating on my quote for the week because I couldn't decide between two of them. So I'm just going to read both of them, right? It's our show. We can do what we want to do, right, Kurt? (laughs) That's right. The first one comes from Joshua Fields Milburn, who is one half of the minimalists. He says, ultimately, minimalism is the thing that gets us past the things So we can focus on life's most important things, which actually aren't things at all. Very profound. And the next one is from Joshua Becker, the author of the book that you're referencing. Maybe the life you've always wanted is buried (laughs) under everything you own. (laughs) Joshua Becker. 
And that kind of references to my point on, uh, to my philosophy on minimalism. You may not know the life you want until you get rid of all the stuff that you know you don't want. I'm going to leave that right there for you, Kurt. You can visit dudesinprogress.com for all sorts of stuff, including links to our Facebook group and how you can support the show and how you can sub- subscribe to the show uh, and how you can follow us uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, follow us uh, through your local um, uh, your local podcast app or however you're listening to podcasts. You can find out all of that at dudesinprogress.com, dudesinprogress.com. Hey, Joe, I want to leave with one thing. Okay. For the week, for next week, sit down and just write, brainstorm, do a brain dump. What are the things that matter to you? And then take a look at that list and wonder, am I spending time on those things? Am I doing those things? Take that upon yourself to take some time off of the busy schedule and just reflect. Am I living those things that I'm passionate about? There you go. My challenge for the week. That's a fantastic idea. Remember progress is better than perfection. So keep moving forward. Hey, Joe, we'll try to do better next time. Talk to you later.